Hello and welcome. This is a bonus episode and it's our response to what's happening in Ukraine. It's a very lo-fi episode. Um, We've got no jingles, no ads, and it's been edited by me. So, uh, well, apologies if any errors have clipped in. Let me know. It's my fault. Um, Why have we done it this way? Well, because I wanted to get it out fast. Um, This is hitting the airwaves probably less than two hours after we recorded it. Um, also because we're putting it out on multiple podcasts, so the branding was going to be wrong, the jingles were going to be wrong, wherever I put it, and because it just feels totally wrong to put ads in an episode like this. So this is sponsor-free, no adverts. You've literally got through the entire episode just me, and then Matteo's going to join us, and then it's just me again. Um, so if your favourite part about my podcast are the jingles, sorry, um, what's this episode about? Well, earlier this week, Matteo, who is someone with brilliant e-commerce experience, reached out to see if I would be up for sharing what he and his team are doing to help in Ukraine. In his words, to help the professional network to fight this war. So we're going to talk about how those e-commerce skills are being leveraged to help. We're also going to share how you can help Matteo and his team. And I'll share a couple of other clever ways to help that I've come across recently. And we're going to talk kind of bigger picture as well, a little bit about how this is going to change things, what this might mean for your e-commerce business. This is definitely an e-commerce episode, but with a whole hunker of um, how to help Ukraine in it, if hunker is a word. Um, Now, yes, we are doing an episode on a war. But if you're a regular listener, you will know that my way of coping with big, scary things is to get practical and find ways to get positive. So this is very much not a guilt trip you into donating infomercial. This is more a celebration of some of the amazing people and things that are happening in response to the awfulness. My aim is for this to be an inspiring and hopeful episode. I think that that is how it's turned out because I'm recording this after I've recorded the rest of it. Um, And I I really do not believe this is going to make you sad. I think this is going to make you inspired and happy because, quite frankly, that's what we all need right now. None of us need more sadness. Um, Right. Here we go. And now to introduce today's special guest. Matteo Grassi is ex-Shopify Plus, the CEO and co-founder of Popup, a no-code e-commerce platform, and co-founder and advisor to Viceroy Group, a humble and happy umbrella group of D2C brands, which is an amazing description that I've stolen from their LinkedIn profile. I can take no credit for that line. Um, Between the two companies, they have team members from all over the world, including Ukraine. So Matteo and his team have been quick to work out how they can help their own team members and leverage their skill sets to help the Ukrainian people cope with the day-to-day challenges of this war and as we're going to going to find out an awful lot more too. Hello Matteo. Hello, hi. Hi Chloe. Uh, brilliant to have you here. Thank you for um reaching out to me and also for sparing the time to come on and talk about all this because with everything you're up to at the moment, I'm guessing you're quite busy. Yeah, I'm very busy. I I stopped going to the gym. I lost uh, about 5 6 kgs, which is pretty good. That <laughs> <laughs> was positive. But yeah, I think I have to restart to having a normal life next week because uh, since everything started, um, we've been involved in a lot of initiatives and at the same time still running the business on on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, which is a, it's, it's a lot to do, isn't it? I always think at times like this, whenever things go a bit mad in our lives for whatever reason, you reach a point where you kind of have to make a decision that you're going to change down a gear 
You know, it's a bit like when when you're going up a hill in the car and you you stay in second for too long, and at some point you have to change over to third just to make life a bit easier. Yeah, hundred percent. And actually, I felt like this uh, just the week before um, the the war started. I, I was feeling so hopeful. You know, I got the news like the mask mandate was down. It was the end of COVID, and I felt oh, I feel so cool about. You know, the next year, I was actually ready. We were uh, house hunting in Kiev on the 10th of February. So a couple of weeks before, wow. yeah, before the war started. And in April, we had the flights booked to go back and uh, maybe put put uh, put some money, down payment into the house. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was my, my, hey, let's let's do this. Let's go for it. And then the world was like, nope, 2022 is not going to be as you think. It's... Uh, You'll have to do some work, I think. It's not yeah, going to be thought, as relaxing. We thought we'd reached the uh, the sunshine or the light at the end of the 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 kind of global misery that has been getting through COVID. But no, not no, yet. Not no, yet. Not yet. No. Someone Definitely. someone extended the tunnel a bit further. Um, so obviously, you were planning on moving to Ukraine. You've got team members in Ukraine. What led you to decide that it was time to get positive and do something to help those that are affected by the war? Yeah, my wife is Ukrainian as well. Um, so for And we have people in Ukraine as well, beside family and friends and colleagues. So to me, was I didn't have to think. It was There was nothing else I could do, especially at the beginning. Your mind is just locked into what's happening over there. And you feel so powerless as well, uh, especially being far away. So within the first two hours, I, I started thinking, okay, what, what can I do? What can we do today to, to help people? And, and basically, we just start listening to what people wanted on the ground. You know, we're getting messages from friends, getting messages from friends of friends connecting us. And, and they were like, you know, I, I need this. This is missing. Can you help it? Can you help here? Can you help there? And then we realized, yes, actually, we can help. Um, it was it was very organic the way it worked. From you know our colleague, that was like the territorial defense needed needs a four hundred radios and bulletproof vests, and we were like, okay, let's let's see how we can get them. And it was you know just getting three people from our team in Visor Group, which is our scouter and sources, and that's what they do all day. They just look for products, you know, scout suppliers, contact them, get a sample, ship it over to wherever in Europe, and get it through our warehouses and move it through i mean it's supply supply and delivery supply chain uh 101 and within one day we found the product in the second day we bought it so we put the money forward even before we start fundraising so we paid for everything and then we're like we, we worry about raising money after and we eventually raised uh enough for covering everything that uh, that we spent but within five days they had the radios on the ground um, and that was uh, that was it. I mean, through my LinkedIn network, I was able to find people on the border, which they were running charters from uh, uh, Romania to to Kiev. And then another thing started as well. We had people on the ground that they were um, delivering foods for um, old people, old people and disabled people and pregnant women. So because everything is in lockdown and no one can move and it's not safe to move, a lot of these um, uh you know, category you can call it, they were underserved because they couldn't go to the collection points of uh, of the humanitarian aid. So a lot of volunteers they started going into this collection point, buying food or getting food for free, whatever it was, supermarket or free food, and then going around house home by home to deliver to like old people. And they were coming to us like I'm I'm running out of money because they were using their own money. So we started basically funding them, and we created this network where 
it's like Glovo, pretty much like Uber Eats. It's, yeah. So honestly, now, now it's actually very, we got a structure a little bit better, but we, we get a request from, uh, you know, Telegram from one of these uh, households. Uh, the request gets put in. We get uh, one of our volunteers, buy food, send the receipts, we send money, and the food is delivered within, I don't know, one hour or two hours. I think it, it really highlights the reality of what's happening on the ground, what you've been able to help with. I think a lot of people, we see what we see on the news, you know, the primary news channels, which is all things exploding and people being hurt and people needing guns and arms and tanks and all the rest of it. But actually, you use the word lockdown there. And it's a lot like the early days of COVID, where people need that just day to day assistance to bring them the things they need because it's too dangerous to go outside. COVID lockdown, too dangerous to go outside because we didn't know what the disease was like. Now, too dangerous to go outside because of what Russia's doing. So it's, I think people often just see kind of like the the noisy bit, literally the noisy bit of the guns and the, and the hospitalizations. But actually there's an awful lot of good that can be done in a, in a non-war footing, I suppose, um, to help people on the ground with the things they need. And it's, I guess it's testament to this, this world of tech that we now live in, that someone sat in Dublin, uh, sorry, Galway, I should say, in Ireland, is able to use your network to find out what people need and organise that to get it to them. 100%. And I think, again, with COVID, um, everyone that worked in commerce or supply chain in general experienced their PPE madness within the first uh, two months of COVID, right? Mm. So it's actually the same thing that happened in Ukraine. Uh, a sudden event that you don't expect to happen, the supply chains are not ready for it, which means that there is a lot of scarcity and you have a big organization trying to work on procurement of large shipment, which is good, but it takes a lot of time. So then you have smaller businesses that start to work on the ground, trying to source and find you know, mask or, you know, hand sanitizer while the large companies try to, to procure. And if you see what happened with, with the PPE, that's exactly what happened. It took like six to seven months before these large contracts were fulfilled. And with these six, seven months, there was like basically madness where everyone was trying to just get what they could. And you had a lot of e-commerce stores coming in, a lot of, uh, peop- a lot of businesses that were shifting from, you know, selling A to selling masks. And this is actually what's happening right now is that it's very hard for this large organization to be responsive. I'll give you an example. You can run a fundraising on GoFundMe. It takes two weeks for the funds to be cleared, just two weeks for the funds to be cleared. So you can raise a million, then it takes two weeks for the funds to be cleared. And then if this goes to an NGO, there is more paperwork to be done. By the time the money is in the bank and then you have to purchase things, it's probably a month and a half. And we've been three weeks into this war and see what happened. So you see all this money coming in and you see all these, oh, yeah, uh, this country A is raising this amount of money. This guy A is raising 30 million. They not they don't have them over there. I can assure you that they're still scrambling because this money is still being processed and is within a, I don't know, I don't know where it is. I mean, it's going to arrive eventually, but it might be too late because this world has been moving so fast. I think yeah. it's because we live in 2022 and everything moves fast social media information, communication, it's, it's not like it used to be. Uh, and I think that's where people like us and entrepreneurs can come in. And I do see a, a very, uh, you know, a similar way, like you have a company like Amazon that, uh, you know, is like the giants, right? And I can compare them to this large charity organization, 
but then you have smaller entrepreneurs that can actually empower you know change by doing something smaller but collectively becomes big yeah i think it, it's a real example of how the you know the entrepreneurial spirit or the small business mindset can make a lot of things happen a lot more quickly and fill in the gaps before those big organizations are, are able to move the mountains that they end up moving and it's it's such a fascinating it's one of the many things which is so fascinating about what's happening um so you've been using e-commerce and commerce for good the, the kind of the supply chain side of things and the sourcing abilities that you've got and various um comms channels you've also gone as far as actually creating an e-commerce store already populated with unique products to help raise money for this effort too yeah so i was uh, i stumbled upon an initiative of this canadian guy that um, sold stickers called saint javelin and he raised one million well we raised he sold one million dollars worth of sticker in three days right wow yeah yeah it's, it's crazy story he, he, he thought you know he wanted to basically raise five hundred dollars it just went viral and people just start buying 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 um, and he basically made a million and he donated all of that to uh, an organization. So Commerce for Good, we, we were able to register as an NGO. So we're working on the front on uh, uh, raising money from investors, from the network, the investor that we have with Pop-Up. Um, and at the same time, raising money from you know regular people that want to support us. But we were like, how can we just raise more and you know try to get money in even quicker? And we came up with an idea of collaborating with 20 different Ukrainian artists um, that uh, we knew. I mean, we knew like four or five creators and then they spread the word. And within one day, we had 20 creators involved. And these are people that changed their career from being a tattoo artist, being a YouTuber or being a creator to now either being a volunteer or working at the territorial defense. And some of them are fighting in the front line. And so we decided to get over 80 prints, uh, working with Printful, which is a print-on-demand store, uh, print-on-demand uh, app in um, in Latvia, which is very, very nice as well to waive the fees. And we're also exploring PR partnership together. And yeah, just creating some T-shirts that uh, people can buy. Um, and in addition to that, you can actually also do some add-ons. We, we work on like, you know, upsells or increasing the average of the value obviously and <laughs> yeah and the upsell are you can buy like a week of petrol or a week of meals or you can tip so you can buy the t-shirt and then you can you know add some money extra for our volunteers and and when you buy the t-shirt there is a profile of the artist that you're buying from and a brief story about what they were doing and what they're doing now i love I my my normal e-commerce head is now coming on there and i just love the fact you are using all the tick tricks and tips of the e-commerce world and how it is in 2022 to maximize the potential you know upsells in or you know tips upsells whatever you want to call them happening in the checkout the same way as we might say would you like to offset the carbon of your delivery with i guess the exact opposite is would you like to buy some petrol but you know it it's the same technology and you're putting the story in this they're buying from an individual so there's that emotional connection which one is going to make the person who's going through and buying the t-shirt feel better, but it's also going to, going to lead to them telling more people and putting it out on social media and spreading the word. And the other thing you mentioned in there is that to fund this charity, you've also gone out to your VC network, which is another way you're bringing your skill set to the table. And I think it's just all the elements of that is, is I think pe people often feel 
they don't know what to do in these scenarios and they just go and give some money to somebody. But actually, there's an awful lot we can repurpose our existing skill set in this modern environment to do good. Yeah, 100%. I think what people ask is sometimes, what is your superpower, right? And I think in marketing, e-commerce, you know, if you are an entrepreneur, you have some sort of superpowers, you know, you have, you either amazing in marketing, you're amazing in, you know, organization, operations or finance and things like this. And when you run a charity or when you're doing, you know, large scale fundraising, it's, it's all the same. It changes, but it's always like people raising money, spending money, sourcing products, shipping products. It's demand and supply. It's understanding what people need and try to give it to them. The only difference is that you're not doing it for profits. But I mean, most of the companies I know are not profitable. So I guess not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that much different, right? I mean, it's like, especially when you're VC funded, it's like profit is not really an issue. It's like growth and, uh, you know, bringing the team over. So I don't actually see much difference now from Charlie. <laughs> Shouldn't say that. What <laughs> yeah, but, but it is, isn't it? It's... it's, it's rate a charity is just another form of business it's just you're counting the numbers in a slightly different way or the output in a in a slightly different way and whether you're using a supply chain to get um kevlar vests to the front line or using a supply chain to get t-shirts to people or you're using a supply chain to get food to people it's it's the same skill set it's the same um opportunity uh so Commerce for Good has set up artistsforgood.store. I should say that's the name of the T-shirt mm-hmm. store. And you're doing all these bits and pieces. And we'll share the link of how people can um, can donate to, to assist what you're doing. What, what key thing would you say to anyone listening in the world of e-commerce, in the world of, of marketing that they could do at the moment to help in general? Is it about giving money? Is it about donating our skills? Is it about being noisy i don't know it depends it depends how much involvement you want to have and i completely understand that some people don't want to get involved at all i mean i don't i don't i don't necessarily think that everyone should speak out about what's happening in uh, in the world i think i think we shouldn't downplay what's happening around in the world and i think it's not about the war i think it's about fighting for uh uh, freedom in general and i think it's about fighting for the future of you know our kids and the future in general for a better for a better future because this war is is it's the fight against what we need to leave behind you know these are autocratic old school leadership model with politicians that are not relatable there is much more to to me that i see just beside this war and i think that's why this war went so viral as well. And this is why the world is running up. And this is why everyone is trying, is finding within themselves a reason to, to speak up. So I think for marketers, some of my friends, for instance, they're doing uh, classes, right? You, people that do webinars, they're doing the same webinars, but it goes to charity, you know? It's like they run a mastermind for email marketing or uh, build a personal brand. They sell tickets for 30, 40 pounds, and then they donate everything to charity. Personally, I think that it's a great idea. You're going to get amazing PR as well. So I think if you just want to be a little bit selfish and think, hey, what's in it for me, which is completely fine. I think we're humans. We need to, you know, we need to think like that, especially because, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. Most of entrepreneurs that I know, they're struggling. Uh, it's not like they have an easy life, easy job, not working very hard. So 
if you're donating your time that is so constrained already, you want to get something out. But I do see that if you do something like this, it's an amazing PR. You're going to look awesome, right? So, <laughs> right? so it's a, you, you're going to see the benefits in terms of profits, you know, a few months down the line, just by doing something, by doing something good. It's interesting you mentioned that because yesterday there was a debate going on in the sustainability space on LinkedIn um, about does it matter what the motivations are of someone who's starting to offset some carbon? Does it matter if they're doing it purely for marketing purposes or does it, you know, should they be worthy about it and should they be, you know, getting really, really green about it all? And and most people were saying that they, you know, you've got to have the right motivations. I was like, I don't care what someone's motivations are for giving money to Ukraine or for, for helping in Ukraine or for helping with climate change or for helping people who need help so long as the right outcome happens 100 and i think that's all we're seeing with uh, the you know all the companies around the world literally every major company is pulling out of russia and taking a stand because there's no neutrality in this world this is what happened this is not me saying it's just what happened that's what happened there's not like either with russia now or against russia there's literally no neutrality and i don't know if these companies really cared about what was happening or if politicians now they care about what's happening in ukraine but what I know is that we, the people now, the people are united against something and politician wants to be relaxed and companies don't want to lose the customers. So if you don't want to lose the customer, they look like an asshole. Can I say, is that okay to say that? You're okay with that one. Yeah, <laughs> or right. <laughs> we can bleep it. But if you want to look bad, let's say, or you don't want, you want to get reelected, um, then you have to stand by Ukraine. And I think I'm not in UK politics, but the... I do see that uh, Boris Johnson is getting a lot of points now for what he's doing. He is. He's looking great. I mean, he's picking, he's getting very involved in the international community. If he had done something bad, he's definitely getting better PR. He's getting positive PR. Am I wrong? Mm. You're in UK. I'm in the UK and I try to uh, to avoid politics as much as possible at the moment. I am currently yeah. not listening to the news. Um, gotcha. and, to, and to be fair, Boris is a, he's a savvy manoeuvre. He knows a lot of Russians. Let's just yeah. put that out there. I am. Speak um, <laughs> Russian. But they're doing, um, you know, they are, any politician would be crazy not to be being anti-Russia, pro-Ukraine. Yes. At the moment. Correct. Yeah. So, because, yeah. You, you don't want, this is not a time to be moving against the crowd. Exactly. So I think it's like, do I care if they want to just be relaxed or a company really is doing it because they care about Ukraine? Do I care? Not much. No. Are they helping this cause? Are they creating change, positive change? Or yes, that's it's fine with me. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but let's face it. The people on the ground in Ukraine who need an insulin delivery or want some food or some dog food or torches or whatever it is they want, they're not bothered about whether the motivation of that person was to sell some more tickets to their webinar or not. You know, it's not. Yeah, I know. I relevant. understand. Yeah. I, and I think, and I think one thing that we learn from all of this is that if we are united, we can change the world and we can do this with climate change. We can do this with anything we want. Politicians will follow what we want. They're going to listen to what we want because they want our votes. They And, and companies want us to buy their product. We pay taxes. We purchase products. Consumers have the power. And I think in e-commerce, if you want to run a successful business, you need to be customer-centric. Uh, long, long are gone the time of 
crappy dropshipping, selling products, customers that don't want your products anymore. You need to work on retention. You need to build a customer base. You need to build the community. And to build the community, you need to build trust. And to build trust, you have to sell great products and have values, right? You know, the cost per acquisition now has gone through the roof. You cannot afford now to sell once off anymore. I mean, we all know that. It's like mm-hmm. a business that in today, a direct-to-consumer good that operate with this model is destined to fail. You cannot just do a one-off sale. You have to work on the community. You have to work on that retention. So to do that, you need to embrace what uh, what people want at the moment, which means, back into the Ukraine thing, if people are rallying up to this, it might be smart to try to do something about it because you are going to show to your customer, future and current, that you care about things that are not just profit-related and consumer respond well to that. I think you've you've just touched on something there, which we were talking about before we hit record and both getting quite animated about. So we'll we'll attempt to bring that to all of you now listening now we've bothered to hit the record button, which is this, this for you, you talk about silver, silver linings. For me, I see the the big business shift, the way things are moving, that this this coming out of the pandemic and then hitting this this war trigger point or whatever you want to call it is is speeding up a massive global change in how people and businesses are approaching things and with our e-commerce strategy heads on we need to be recognizing that this war is fundamentally changing how people are behaving reacting what they're interested in and and so forth would you what do you think Matthew is that your take on it is your slightly different no no 100% I agree with you I, I agree with you. I think, uh, as I was saying before, I think it's like things, a lot of things are going, are going to change, and it gives me a glimpse in the future. And I do think it's going to be a be- a better future, because one thing that I noticed that I was saying is like when we are united, we can do anything. And even in Ukraine, it's like they, I spent a lot of time over there and uh, spoke to a lot of e-commerce businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs that were trying to raise money. Some of them, you know, have their own e-commerce operation trying to sell internationally. Ukraine is a fantastic manufacturing as well um, industry from, you know, consumer goods to fashion. Fashion is incredible. Lots of amazing fashion brands in Ukraine. The issue was corruption in the post office. So if you are a brand in Ukraine, you can manufacture from there, but you're not going to be able to ship all over Europe because there is a lot of corruption in the post office and it brings the cost very high. And at the same time, if you were trying to raise investment, the war that was going on for the last eight years was making, you know, about 70 to 80% of investment fall. And this was from friends of mine that were working BC in Ukraine trying to raise money. So an example I was giving you before was, you know, if you have a back pain and you can walk, but you can't run. And eventually you know that you have to go through surgery to go through, uh, you know, some tough times. But after the surgery is gone and it's finished, you'll be able to run and nothing can stop you. And this is exactly what Ukraine is going through right now. It's a surgery to remove Russia from their influence that they had uh, for for a long time. You know, until up to 2014, that direct influence with Yanukovych. And after 2014, with the Euromaidan revolution, Yanukovych was gone. So they took Crimea, they started the war, and they exercised that influence by this kind of terrorist military operation that didn't allow the country to, to progress because there was an active war on the ground and that's that's what they're doing right now they have to remove that and they will be able to to fly 
regarding the corruption, again, because the system has been fairly destroyed right now, and a lot of people left, a lot of you know pro-Russian as well, they stopped to be pro-Russian, and the country is united now like never before. A lot of these issues are not going to be there anymore for the rebels. Corruption is going to be gone because people now are together. There's nothing more that brings people together than uh, an enemy. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a book with um, from Michael Shine, which is called "Is the Hype Handbook." The Hype Handbook is about how to create hype in your you know marketing strategy, right? And one of the chapters is called "Make War Not Love." And "Make War Not Love" is talks about this. You need to create an enemy to be able to create a community and a strong messaging behind your brand. And an enemy kind of, you know, in marketing can be, I fight like Mac, I'll, you know, Mac versus PC. Well, we're fighting against the PC <laughs> because, or we're fighting against anyone that doesn't think uh, different, you know, people that are stuck in their ways. We empower everyone to think different or superhuman, which is an email app. They're fighting against a Gmail, unproductive way of doing things, you know, and there's nothing more that brings people together than an enemy. And this is why we feel so together. And this is why, you know, Putin with this war brought us all together because now we have an enemy and we have a face now. The issue that the pandemic uh, brought to us was instead of bringing us together, they put us apart because this virus didn't have a face. And so we had to give a face. So who was became the enemy? The government. And then we start fighting against the government. It was putting lockdowns in us and... And we lost trust against the government. So instead of actually bringing us together, it brings us even more divided. And what's happening right now is bringing us back together. And I don't know if that was karma or whatever it is, but I do see a difference on people before the pandemic and people now. And I do feel that they were more united now. Even at the US Congress, I saw Zelensky speaking for the first time in years. There was a standing ovation bipartisan stand innovation from Republican and Democrat standing up together. And United States has never been divided, like, <laughs> ever, right? Yeah. And it was emotional to me. I saw it. I was like, you know, we need, well, we needed this. We needed the bad guy to, to, be, to be together again, start cooperating in things and, you know, talking about climate change and things that matter as well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, Matteo, everyone listening, actually, I'm going to do a big old links roundup in a moment. So you all know exactly what we've been talking about and what you can do. Uh, We found a whole load of links to share with you of how you can help out um, in the Ukraine situation. So I'll do that after I say goodbye to you, Matteo. So before we say goodbye, um, is there any kind of last thoughts or anything you'd like to leave the audience with? No, not really. I mean, um, I know I think everyone is, feels a bit overwhelmed about everything that is happening, and that's totally normal. I think everyone that is involved in this um, in this war from far away, from being on the ground, you you don't need to be on the ground to, to feel what I'm feeling right now, which is a sense of uh, tiredness. And, you know, it's, it's, I feel very tired this week. At the beginning, you, you are in shock. You have this kind of pumped phase where you're like oh my god you know we're gonna win we're gonna this is gonna change now i start to feel a little bit tired it's very normal and it's normal as well because you know it's a war that is uh, fought in social media and we follow it live through instagram and through telegram groups it's not there's no filter from cnn or you know bbc where they decide what to pick it's it's constant bombardment of information on social media so just look after your mental health, you know, take a break sometimes. 
and uh, and be kind to yourself because it's um, it's not easy. Don't don't underestimate the power of social media and information can do to our brain of all the images that we need to process, which we're not used to it and we're definitely not ready for it. So yeah, keep up, stay positive, and um, and let's look at the brighter future. That's my message. It's <laughs> a marvelous message to end on. Uh, Matteo, thank you so much for coming on and sharing such a positive outlook and such practical examples of what you guys are up to. So thanks for all you're doing. And uh, thanks for coming on and telling us all about it. Thanks, Chloe. What an inspiring chat. Um, I actually feel more positive for recording that than I did beforehand, which is bizarre given the topic we are talking about. As I said, I'm going to give you a whole load of links here um, of ways you can do good. So let's run through those. You can support Matteo and his team's work via Commerce for Good, which is with the number four. And you can go to their page of links about that at chloelink.com forward slash commerce number four good. So chloelink.com forward slash commerce for, for good. Um, and if you want to get one of those t-shirts and support that way, that's at www.artistsfor4good.store. So www.artistsforgood.store. Now for some more ways you could help, you could hire some Ukrainian talent. There are still an awful lot of awesome tech people, marketing people in Ukraine doing work right now. Um, and outside Ukraine doing work right now, they are at, uh, you can find a website all about that at remoteukraine.org. You can also, a couple of interesting sites with loads of links and loads of advice. Um, There are ways to help Ukraine from wherever you are in the world. So these have kind of like by country pages. Um, And we've linked to that at chloelink.com forward slash Ukraine help, all one word. Um, you can also find out a similar resource, but more about what you should what you should and can be doing as a business. And that's at chloelink.com Ukraine business. Um, and thank you very much to Tim Richardson, because I stole a whole load of these links from his newsletter this morning. His um, Your Basket is Empty newsletter. He put several of those together. So that saved me some time today. And I've got one last one to give you, which is that my friend and e-commerce agency owner, Simon Wharton, who listens to this podcast, he is running 100K this month for the Disasters Emergency Committee. So you could just go and sponsor him on his Just Giving page, which you can get to via chloelink.com forward slash Simon. And I'm including this last one for three reasons. One, the Disasters Emergency Committee is well worth supporting. Two, the idea of running one kilometre fills me with horror. So anyone running 100 that 100 kilometers deserves support and three i know simon will listen to this whilst running and i like the idea of him getting a massive surprise so simon please don't trip over um all those links should be right there whether you're wherever rather you are listening to this whether that's apple podcast spotify etc the links should be there or if you go to chloelink.com forward slash ukraine you will find our webpage for this episode i hope you've enjoyed this lo-fi inspirational hopefully positive episode i'd love to know what you think about it so do let me know um and um thank you very much for listening 